0: Our first reading this morning is from the novel Gilead, which takes the form of a letter that a dying congregationalist minister writes to his young son. So in this passage, he's recalling a moment from his childhood. Now, this might seem a trivial thing to mention, considering the gravity of the subject, but I truly don't feel it is. We were very pious children from pious households in a fairly pious town, and this affected our behavior considerably. Once, we baptized a litter of cats. It occurred to one of the girls to swaddle them up in a doll's dress. There was only one dress, which was just as well, since the cats could hardly tolerate a moment in it and would have been unsaddled as soon as they were christened in any case. I myself moistened their brows, repeating the full Trinitarian formula. Their grim old crooked-tailed mother found us baptizing away by the creek and began carrying her babies off by the napes of their necks. We lost track of which was which, but we were fairly sure some of the creatures had been born away still pagan, and that worried us a great deal. I still remember how those warm little brows felt under the palm of my hand. Everyone has petted a cat, but to touch one like that with the pure intention of blessing it is a very different thing. It stays the mind. For years, we would wonder what, from a cosmic viewpoint, we had done to them. It still seems to me to be a real question. There is a reality in blessing. It doesn't enhance sacredness, but acknowledges it. And there's a power in that. I have felt it pass through me, so to speak. The sensation is one of really knowing a creature. I mean really feeling its mysterious life and your own mysterious life at the same
1: time. St. Francis and the sow. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower, for everything flowers from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of the flower and retell it in words and in touch. It is lovely until it flowers again from within of self blessing. As St. Francis put his hand on the creased forehead of the sow and told her in words and in touch blessings of earth on the sow. And the sow began remembering all down her thick length from the earthen snout all the way through the fodder and slops to the spiritual curl of the tail, from the hard spininess spiked out from the spine down through the great broken heart to the sheer blue milk-and-dreaminess spurting and shuddering from the fourteen teats into the fourteen mouths sucking and blowing beneath them the long, perfect loveliness of sow.
0: Some of you have asked me, why we bless animals what does it mean actually to take a little bit of our special water and put it on the on our animal friends whether stuffed or living or pictures and for me it means to take that moment to pause and to touch an animal with the sole purpose of remembering their sacredness we are not trying to save them from paganism or anything else I do not know what the cosmic thing that happens in that moment is. And like any good ritual, it holds multiple meanings. So perhaps what my interpretation is is not what yours is. And that is the beauty of a good ritual. It makes room for all of this. But to pause and reteach a thing, its loveliness, matters. And I think we all need those moments to acknowledge the mysterious life beyond us, And within us. And so that is what we are doing today. And how we will do this is Diane and I will both offer blessings on each side of these stairs. And people are invited to come up through the side aisles and back to their seats with their animals, or stuffed animals, or pictures of animals, or whatever else you might have that needs a blessing today. And we invite you to offer the blessing alongside us. So we're going to use the words from the poem, unless you have different words you want to use, but just say, you are lovely. So we can reteach ourselves and our animals their loveliness. And I invite you to join in saying that blessing with us. Because there, our theology of ministry and religious leadership is that we believe in the priesthood of all believers. There's nothing special about me having reverend in front of my name that makes my blessing any more valuable than the blessing that any of you offer in this moment. And so let us offer blessings.
2: I would like to invite all children of all ages to come up for a story. You can't be too young or too old for this story. Well, I'm glad you decided to take the plunge for the fun stuff.
1: Oh, <laughs> what I have. Perfect. It's awesome.
2: It's another, it's it's another candle. Oh, I love it. Hi. Hi. Ledger. So this year, and I love that all the kids came up. This makes me so happy. It was just warms them, It warms my heart. I just, I I saw my mom. So um, this year, our, if you're in kindergarten through sixth grade or eleventh and twelfth grade, we are going to be studying world religions this year. And um, next month, we're learning about Buddhism. But today, I actually have a story about the Buddha, and in Buddhism, one of the things they believe is in reincarnation. Who can tell me if you know what reincarnation is? The rebirth of something new? Do you want to add to that? It believes that when people die, that they're reborn into something new, a plant or an animal or another human. So this is a story about the Buddha, who was once a very wise and holy man, and he died, and he was reborn into an ibex. Who knows what an ibex is? Manny. It is. It's like a a majestic mountain goat. Um, in Asia. (laughs) And this is a story called The Noble Ibex. Once upon a time, the Buddha was born as a magnificent Ibex. In the forest in which he lived was very far from civilization. And it was a beautiful forest filled with trees and with animals and with running brooks. And the Ibex was very happy living in this forest. It just so happened that sometimes the hunting parties came out from the village, which was quite a ways, and at this particular day, the king and his hunting party came out in search of game to take back to the village. The king spotted the majestic Ibex and got very excited and rushed on his horse down as fast as he could to get to the Ibex. And the Ibex, who was the former Buddha, noted that the king was chasing him, but he knew that he was much faster and swifter than the king's horse. And so he dashed into the heart of the forest, confident that he would be able to be quicker than the king. As he came up to a huge gorge, which is like a a giant giant drop down into the rocks, The ibex effortlessly jumped over the gorge. The king's horse, on the other hand, came right up to the edge of the cliff and went, stopped. And the king, who was not paying attention because he was looking at the ibex, went flying over the head of the horse down into the gorge, smashed onto the rock. The ibex turned around and said, Oh no, I bet the king is hurt. So he peered down into the gorge, and there's the king laying below on the rocks. Ooh! And the Ibex, who was suddenly filled with compassion for this man who had just been trying to kill him moments before, said, oh, dear king, I think I can get you out of there. And the king looked up, and he was completely astonished. Not only was the Ibex speaking to him... But he was saying kind words of compassion when just moments before he was wanting to kill the Ibex. So the king looked up in utter astonishment and felt a dreadful pang of remorse towards this noble animal. Your excellency comforted the Ibex. I am no wild devil to be hunted for sport. I am just a peaceful creature living within the bounds of this beautiful forest." Oh, blurted the king, it is I who acted as a beast, not you. I can rest, oh, can you ever forgive me? My physical pain right now, continued the king, is far less than the pain I feel for having threatened a noble creature such as yourself. So the Ibex offered to help him out of his predicament. Fortunately, these type of mountain goats can climb down very steep, rocky cliffs, And he went down, and he helped the king get on his back, and he leapt out to safety. And the king said, thank you so much for saving me. What can I offer you? Would you like to come and live in my kingdom, and I will assure your safety? And the Ibex said, no, I'm very happy here in the forest. What I would like is for you to promise not to hunt me, so I can live peacefully in my forest. And the king said, anything you want. The the Ibex continued to explain to the king that all creatures simply want happiness and security. And he replied, A true king will gain his people's love by showing great goodness, not showing power. The grateful king agreed to the request, and the Ibex took him back to his horse and back to safety. And as the king returned to his palace... He lived the wise words of the gentle and noble Ibex, who was also the former Buddha. He forbade hunting for sport throughout his kingdom's domain. He protected his people, but no longer waged costly wars against nearby countries, and his kingdom flourished. And thus the good king was greatly loved and respected by his people as the gentlest and wisest of all kings. Just like today. Oh, no. So basically, what I, what I am noticing in this story is, um, barring the sarcasm, is uh, that this wonderful Ibex, who this king wanted to kill, because these Ibexes have very long, huge horns, and even today, they're avali- valued as trophy species, because people want to kill them and keep their giant, huge horns. Um, But this Ibex had a lot to teach this king. So sometimes we think of animals as just being something that um, is out there. They're just something. Sometimes people think of animals as less than us, as not as important as us, that they don't really have anything to to share with us outside of their um, bodies or uh, things that are obvious. But this Ibex had a lot of wisdom to share with this king. How many of you have ever had the experience of an animal teaching you some wisdom? Have you had that experience? Would you like to share it? it, No, but you've had that experience. Do you want to share it? Would anyone like to share an experience they had of an animal sharing wisdom with them? Ah, to be, yes, to be very careful when you're picking them up so um, that you're not hurting them. That's, that's a very good lesson. Yeah. Um, when I was
0: little, my, 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 my life, cat scratched me right over here. And that taught me, you don't go by a beefy cat or you make it right over here. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> okay. Do you have something?
0: So I
2: used to have this fish and he was beautiful. You had a beautiful fish? And
0: he it had it's lots of water in his tank and my mom took water.
2: Oh, and he was an old fish and he passed away. That teaches us about love and sorrow, doesn't it? And, and my dad
0: buried him
2: in the night. Oh, and he got buried. Well that's good. We have time for one more. What would you like to share?
0: This wasn't this wasn't my experience. But it was my sister's friend. Her um, her, um, I her grandma was cleaning a fish. The fish, fish and she, and when and she didn't know fish soap kill fish and
2: that's an important lesson to learn. And Dish soap is really hard on fish. And when you, you put
0: the fish and
2: then they put the fish back. And they oh, that's so hard when that happens. Well, what I want you guys to do is I want you to when you encounter animals in your life, whether it's a spider on the in your house or a caterpillar on the road or Uh, ibex on the mountains or your own cat or dog or hamster or fish i want you to just look at them with think i wonder if you're the former buddha i wonder if you or someone i love has been reincarnated into this animal i wonder what wisdom that you have that you could teach me and just regard them maybe in a different way than you've looked at them before so with that, you guys could go sit back down into your seats. Thank you for coming up.
0: <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Oops, out of my pocket. <laughs> This is a prayer for the animals by Albert Schweitzer. Hear our humble prayer, O God, for our friends, the animals, especially for the animals that are suffering, for who who are frightened, for any that are hunted or lost or deserted, or the all that be be put to death. We entreat for them all thy mercy and pity, And for those who deal with them, we ask a heart of compassion and gentle hands and kindly words. Make us, ourselves, to be true friends to animals and so to share the blessings of the merciful. As we take this time today uh, in our service to honor the animals, I invite us to widen our circle of compassion beyond our companion animals to include all animal species on this planet. The ecological devastation that currently rains from the effects of climate change are being felt extremely hard by these fellow beings on our Earth. May we take a moment to compassionately acknowledge and honor those who have suffered and those who have paid the ultimate price from the wildfires that raged all along the Western United States this summer, from the hurricanes and the floods that ravaged the entire southern hemisphere this fall, to the melting of the polar ice caps in the North and the South Pole, and all the animals that have been in the wake, wild and companion animals that have suffered from the results. May we remember that they are our brothers and our sisters. Like the noble Ibex, they have much they can teach us about living in balance, about not taking more than we need if we only have the wisdom to listen. Deep ecologist Joanna Macy illustrates this so aptly in her prayer from the Council of All Beings. She says... We hear you, fellow creatures. We know we are wrecking the world and we are afraid. What we have unleashed as such momentum now that we don't even know how to turn it around. Don't leave us alone. We need your help. Are there powers that you can share with us and wisdom? I liken work slowly. Very slowly, time is my friend. This is what I give you, patience for the long haul. I offer you my fearlessness fearlessness of the dark. I, lion, give you my roar, the voice to speak out and be heard. I am Caterpillar. The leaves I eat taste bitter now, but dimly I sense a great change coming. What I offer you, humans, is my willingness to dissolve and transform. I do that without knowing what the end result will be. So I share with you my courage, too. At this time in our service, we're going to make some space to hold the sorrow and the suffering of all animals who have gone and passed in the past year, whether they're your companion animals who take up a place in our hearts as our own family members, and when they leave us, it takes pieces of our hearts with them. I invite you at this time to hold the space for the sorrow and for the loss and for the pain. If you would like to come up and silently light a candle to acknowledge suffering and pain from the animals in your life and in our world, you may do so at this time. And I'm going to put it right here. And then stand it up in here. And you can say your pet's name if you want or what
1: your sorrow is. I'm
0: Let us close our time of celebrating and remembering and blessing our animals with one more series of blessings. So Diane and I will each read short phrases, and we invite you all to respond with, we offer our blessing. To all the animals here with us today,
2: we offer our blessing. To the pets and other animals we have known who have taught us about love, tenderness, and responsibility. We
0: our to the animals who make their home here at People's Church, the turkeys, deer, birds, bugs, and others who make their home in our woods.
2: We our to the animals who work, guarding or guiding, pulling plows. We offer our blessing.
0: To the animals who give their lives for us, as food and clothing, and to advance our understanding.
2: We offer our blessing. To the imaginary creatures, the unicorns and dragons, and fictional characters who teach us to a dream, imagine, and question. We offer our blessing.
0: To the animals who have gone extinct, the dinosaurs and dodos, we honor your memory and we offer our blessing.
2: blessing. To all the animals who suffer from cruelty, from loss of habitat, from climate change, we pledge ourselves to make the world more hospitable for you and for all of us and we offer our blessing.
0: To all animals everywhere, near, and far
2: we offer our blessing